0: You are listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journeys here at UVic. Welcome to Beyond the Jargon. I'm your host, Liz MacArthur, and joining me today is Tristan Zastro, who's doing his master's at UVic in uh, Fine Arts. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. So, uh, can you give me an idea of what uh, what kind of visual art you work on and what you're what you're doing here?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I kind of work all over the place. Um, a lot of my practice uh, is very concept based and starts there, and then moves into whatever it calls for. So, um, whether that be photography or uh, sometimes dry media, sometimes. Uh, more installation-based work and, um, you know, building things with wood and nails and uh, whatever it calls for. And so it's kind of varied. Hmm.
0: For what you're doing here at UVic right now, can you tell me a little bit about what this uh, master's entails for you? Are you working on one major project um, or little things?
1: Yeah. So this is my first year um, in the program. And so, so far I've just been focusing on one specific project uh, For the duration of the semester and that is a uh i'm doing a reproduction currently of the interior space of the apollo 8 command module and uh all the command modules for all the apollo missions were pretty similar um they Mm. didn't they didn't change it up too much don't go uh drastically changing something that worked the first time so um with the exception of maybe a latch, a hatch problem that they had in in one of the missions, it's been pretty much that. But the Apollo 8 mission specifically was uh, the first one to leave the Earth's atmosphere and go around the moon um, for the first time. And so that kind of stuck out to me. I was thinking a lot about storytelling, and Mm. that seemed like a very succinct story that I could tell that was you know three people went to the moon and came back mm-hmm. very nice interesting story that was simple and then I decided to like take it from there,
0: so you're recreating the inside of the the spacecraft
1: right, right for the most part I'm you know um right now I'm not focusing on any of the uh peripheral kind of cabinets or anything like that, but just the the door, the seats and the in the board, um, which I would say maybe I'm about halfway done with it. Hmm.
0: Have you been interested in this, in like NASA and this kind of,
1: not, not really. I've, uh, it definitely was something that just kind of came to me. I was thinking more so that I wanted to make an immersive installation that would be putting the viewer in a place, uh, where they would be able to experience a story, or almost kind of become an actor or a uh, step outside themselves in some way. And Mm. I really wanted to exercise my viewers' empathy um, and imagination a little bit. Mm. So that's kind of where that started.
0: So uh, is the idea that people can go in and sit in the installation, like sit in the seat, or just are they looking at it?
1: Yeah, um, they're... There, They actually can enter it, and when they do, um, then the piece will, uh, when it's all together and complete, uh, it will activate, uh, when they sit inside of it, a sound piece. And mm-hmm. the sound piece is original audio combined with uh, audio effects that I've kind of created and modulated and recorded myself a lot of it, cappuccino machines and different... Um, lot of barista stuff i used to work as a barista so i found like a bean grinder that did some neat stuff and like had a really nice hum to it when i modulated the frequency up a little bit and then i i really dropped down the frequency of like some milk being steamed so you really get that you know um and so it's got a whole launch sequence it goes through the launch sequence in real time for eight minutes and then it actually cuts to i'm experimenting in this piece with duration of time and the idea of reflection and stillness and uh, spending actually really, really spending time in the work. And so while the viewer does have the possibility to get out at any time that they want, they're encouraged to actually book a time space uh, with the gallery when I have it completed mm-hmm. um, that they would then go and visit the work and, and spend, it would be the first eight minutes of the mission and then the mission clock inside on the board cuts to uh three three days into it when they were approaching the moon right before they lost radio contact for mm-hmm. the first time and had to perform a two minute and 10 second uh i believe it was counter burn uh to make sure that they wouldn't skip off into space mm. uh, and if they burned for too long they would crash into the surface of the moon and so they Perform that burn, and then it was just forty-five minutes of waiting until they could be back into radio contact to figure out if old uh, Isaac Newton's math was hmm. was on par mm-hmm. and and if they were accurate in their calculations.
0: Huh. So the the person will sit and sort of experience that forty-five minutes of just like sort of
1: yeah with two other people. So it's ah. three. They well they could be by themselves if they wanted to experience the work by themselves, but um, but it's three people, there's three seats, mm-hmm. and so you would you would enter it and actually the door would, you know, shut and latch behind you. I'm air quoting. <laughs> um, and then you would have the ability to, uh, you know, kind of sit in it and experience the whole piece until, until they came back into contact and then that would be the end of the piece.
0: Mm. That sounds really interesting. And that is a kind of an interesting story to immerse people in like the ideas of like waiting and
1: yeah I really wanted to just push that uh you know or or want to I I really want to to push that idea of entering a story through uh more of a subtle way where you don't know all the details and maybe you're just kind of you know I I I do plan on relying a little bit on the artist statement on the wall of the gallery um that Mm -hmm viewers would ideally read before going into the space um, and that would kind of have a little bit of the details of the mission or like you know the time sequence of things and, and so you kind of know what you're experiencing getting yourself into a bit so um, I'm not really sure how that'll work but take a go at it.
0: Wow have you ever done anything like this before um, sort of on this level of incorporating people's experience? No I've
1: always wanted to I've, I've had so many different um, ideas that are quite large scale like this um all throughout my undergrad and I did that at the Alberta College of Art and Design in mm. Calgary and I really really loved this idea of using, you know, different things to appeal to different senses, sound and touch, the physicality, changing people's posture, making um you know, uh the environment even, you know, controlling the humidity or, you know, things like that and mm-hmm. really just changing uh every variable that I could to put people into some type of environment that's transporting them even outside the gallery where they're actually in some enclosed space. I'm very inspired by um uh Janet Cardiff and George Bierce Miller who do that a bit, even more so Mike Nelson um, British artists mm. and um, th- this idea of of piecing things together and really kind of dealing with the raw artifact or or the representation of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So how close to the original are you? Um, are you making your um, your piece? Is it very like that? Are the details really there? Are yeah. parts of it that will actually work?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's a good question. I'm. Uh, I I'm going from drawings from NASA. Um, but they were, they were just that they were drawings cause they didn't have computers at the time. So what they actually drew out and what it ended up being slightly different. And I also didn't have great images to work from because there just really aren't those images. Surprisingly. Um, or or they were harder to find of the interior spaces and like close-ups of things, you know, everything's pretty low resolution or mm. um you know, someone taking a picture of another picture through glass in a museum or something. So, mm-hmm. uh a lot of the times I was having to go back and source source some archives and things like that that had been made available. And what spurred me originally was listening to this entire audio piece. I I listened to a lot of a lot of radio it's it's very strange to be on the other side of <laughs> of it you know and uh i I say radio podcasts um but um yeah i i I definitely am hugely inspired by people who do what you do and oh. <laughs> and uh so I'm hoping to work a little bit with the media myself a bit and just see what that's like to conduct interviews and and maybe you know find audio and piece some things together but uh but yeah, so I definitely kind of focused on the main, you know, the, the NASA had released a couple of years ago, the, uh, the audio from the original mission. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to that all the way through, uh, within the span of like a week and a half and it's six and a half days of, of audio. So I was pretty much around the clock from, you know, from wake to any time that I wasn't needing to be in a conversation with anyone. I kind of had it playing in my headphones. Mm-hmm. So, I was in a way it transported me into the story and so I really wanted to just carry that forward a little bit through physical objects and um, lately I've been doing some research on how objects actually relate to memory and, and, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in the idea of like this creating a pseudo relic almost, and hmm. and pushing you know even the facsimile or even a genuine artifact into a viewer's space where they're having to like contend with uh, perhaps the the original emotions or feelings that might have been projected around that object or treating that object as it was a witness hmm. in some way.
0: That's interesting. Like the the sort of the concept of making this. Um, piece where people can go in and sort of experience the mission and listen to actual sounds from it um, in a space that looks very much like the original it almost sounds like something you would find in a museum like if you yeah you know are you interested in moving in that direction and
1: i, I don't know that's a really good question um i i you know i'm i'm not uh, i'm not of an elite kind of mindset where i only want anything i do to ever be considered in the context of of, you know, fine arts and, and the milieu that is around that. Um, I, I definitely am open to different possibilities, so I'll never say never, but, but definitely I'm informed a lot and inspired a lot by visual artists and kind of this idea of, of representing form through, um, or representing narrative through form and, and allowing for this, but it definitely is kind of this, simulation type of thing. And especially this piece because there is, because simulations do exist and they are a thing. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I was just discussing this with some of my peers the other day and, you know, uh, it's definitely something that's, I have to contend with and, and be able to argue for its validity, um, as, as an art thing and not just a gimmick of some sort. Mm. Um, and I think, my main way of doing that is involving the humanity uh, in a way and bringing in ties of like maybe that time and what the personal struggles that they were going through or or the mindsets without actually stating uh, or verbalizing anything. Um, And so one thing I'm doing, it was Christmas when they went on this mission. Mm -hmm. So they actually broadcast back uh, on Christmas Eve, you know, um, all three of them were, you know, among those who celebrate Christmas and, And so they had a little Christmas tree ornament in there, you know, hanging from the control panel. So I'm planning on including that Mm. uh, as a little detail. And I was kind of tossing around the idea of maybe making it smell like Christmas dinner in there or something like that. Mm. Uh, I'm still not sure how I'm going to incorporate that. But Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: that's uh, you're using a lot of the senses to really evoke something in people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about making it freezing cold in there too. And I was like, oh, it's got to be cold in space. But then I looked into details a bit more and they had it a balmy, like 71.3 degrees or something like, you know, perfect <laughs> mm-hmm. controlled temperature in there. So, you yeah. know,
0: uh let's talk a little bit about uh how you wound up here at uvic for sure before we started talking you mentioned that you are not from the west coast here and you didn't do your undergrad so yeah
1: yeah i'm from michigan originally Mm -hmm. uh from the states and moved to canada in 2007 uh, to do my undergrad and my wife who i met in my undergrad Mm -hmm. uh megan dick is um she was in the program and graduated the same program last year. Oh, and right. so my turn now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Why did you uh come to Canada to do your undergrad?
1: Yeah, that's a long story. It was the, you know, a former former love relationship. Mm. And that was, you know, I was doing some girl chasing and that relationship ended up going south before I ever even moved up here, but I didn't have any other plans so oh so you yeah.
0: made the journey yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. and did you intend uh on going into visual arts that was the plan all along were you doing art before as well
1: i was um yeah i mean i've always been it was it's funny because there's never really anything that i considered doing other than making artwork um mm-hmm. i just didn't know what i what kind of artist I wanted to be, you know, I did, I guess I did consider doing some more commercial graphic design kind of based stuff for Mm -hmm. a bit. And I, and I, I do incorporate that into my practice. I mean, this every once in a while, if it calls for it, like I draw upon those skill sets, but, um, like this piece did require illustrator quite a bit, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I leaned heavily on using, you know, Adobe's product there and it, yeah, has just kind of, comes and goes different medias i get bored with certain things and move on to something else and just i'm constantly picking up things and playing with them and learning um like right right now i'm always looking at seeing what can be done with coding and and with um you know actual native browser native animations and stuff that wouldn't require things so i've been looking a lot at um, things like that, even though I have no clue how to code mm-hmm. and I have no clue, you know, how I would even go about starting to do any of that. Mm-hmm. I still am constantly like taking in what's out there and, and figuring out how I might be able to make it work for me if, or, or at least keeping it in mind in case I ever had an idea that
0: would utilize it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've interviewed a few people who have been doing uh, graduate studies in the in uh, visual arts, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times I feel like I talk to people who have one thing, sort of like one main medium. They're doing painting, or they're doing sculpture, or whatever. But it sounds yeah. like you're sort of you've got a lot of stuff going on. Is that important to you to be able to do all these different things, or is there one thing that you always come back to, even maybe as a hobby?
1: No, I mean sometimes I I definitely look at those like my wife who do have, you know, kind of maybe a specific repertoire or bag of, um, uh, a method that is, you know, it's always fresh work and it's always new, but it's, uh, the experimentation with the materials is, you know, very similar or whatever. And I, I find myself, like I said, off the bat, just a lot of the times thinking of a concept and then that really drives my material. Um, and, and what approach that I have, you know, media wise. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And so the sort of concept uh, or concepts that inform your work, what do you want people to get out of it sort of on the other side once you finish creating your pieces?
1: I mean, I'm really focused on the idea of empathy and identity. Um, You know, I think stories are such a huge part of my life and what I'm constantly taking in, Um, you know, like I said, through podcasts and and movies and media and just everything like mm-hmm. i feel like stories are all around us and we're storytellers at heart um and i'm definitely driven by that i uh you know quest to find and curate and pull together those stories that kind of shape my own identity as well as figure out what stories have you know really shaped others and so i think i think Touching something with humanity is really interesting there uh, and, and kind of what makes us uniquely human and what pulls together those those stories or those narratives that kind of craft and shape themes mm-hmm. within our lives and, and ultimately shape our decisions as we look back at uh, the experiences that we've had. Um, I, I think if there was anything that I would... I, I don't know if there would be anything that I could say, I want people to get this from my work as a whole. Um, but I definitely like, you know, to follow in line of the tradition that artwork has largely held for, for, you know, uh, obviously there's been many exceptions, but ultimately I think a lot of the arts has focused on evoking something, whether it be an emotion or a thought or reaction. And so I'm definitely trying to do something, you know, I, I always have the viewer in mind.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you get a chance to talk to people who have experienced pieces you've made? And what's that like talking to them afterwards?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the work that I did in my undergrad was focused on tests for different things or, you know, almost pithy little exercises in, in applying a technology to a concept where, you know, I did one piece, for instance, where I'm you know, videoed my face, just, uh, staring straight into the camera for a while with my mouth open. And then I did another video starting in that exact same position and, and chewing, um, just, uh, imaginary food and then took those and spliced them together and created a little interactive thing, just projected it on a box with a hole cut where my mouth is. Hmm. So the viewer could then feed my face hot dogs. And so that was, I was dealing a lot with ideas of consumerism and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, the, the insatiability of this kind of, uh, conglomeracy world, you know, world domination almost. And, you know, those, those kinds of themes and those, you know, I, I felt tied into this idea of identity a lot as well. So a lot of those kinds of works, you know, it's, it's more so just here's an idea. How do I make it happen? Okay. And I'll do some research and then poof, that out it goes. So, so this piece really that I'm working on now is, is definitely an exercise in patience for me and, and finding, uh, you know, hitting my stride with like the tedium, mm. uh, which usually I've just kind of found in technical difficulties and not really just in the making process. The the making process for me has always been fairly quick iterations, mm. So.
0: Is this um, is this going to be what your masters will be? Is this project you're working on now, or will you go on to do some more stuff?
1: No, I mean I have some other ideas um, for sure. That would f- that definitely tie into this work, um, you know, more immersive pieces. Um, I'm very interested in kind of the special collections archive in the library. Uh, there's a lot of materials on on war and interviews with people who have you know been been involved in war uh mostly Canadian veterans. And uh, I'm interested in that and maybe mining, you know, I, I keep having these recurring ideas of like uh like these kids, you know, kid memories and stuff. And maybe it's just because I'm young and maybe some of the most vivid memories I have are kind of these weird, fragmented, uh, you know, object related memories mm-hmm. uh of being a kid and I thought of one a couple of weeks ago that, you know, I, I really like the idea of, you know, being in a closet, having, you know, my viewers in some closet and finding themselves looking down through the floorboards and seeing light. And then if they peer down through the floorboards, so they're seeing like an overhead movie yeah. that has been shot that looks like a living room, uh, mm-hmm. you know, almost like they're peering through a hole in the ceiling mm-hmm. of the downstairs and seeing their mother frantically looking for them, and so uh, having displacing the viewer, and and I th- I think audio, you know, uh, like I said, Janet Cardiff and George Beers Miller, uh, two fantastic Canadian artists um, who I really am inspired by, have done some stuff. Uh, they did a piece called The Paradise uh, Institute, and it was a theater where you sit in the back row and. I actually got to experience that piece for the first time this past summer, which was really nice. But uh, they used binaural audio recording uh, where you actually put the microphones in a dummy's head where the, where the ears are and sometimes within ear canals. And so then the sounds that you're hearing are actually in relation to the distance of... Uh, the actor or whatever. So mm-hmm. I like that idea of actually transporting people outside the gallery space and putting them in a different world. So so I might might pick up a nod from old Janet Cardiff and, and George on that one. So we'll see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so you're in your first year now. Yeah. And you have, uh, I guess, another year to go after this one. And then uh, you're going to have a body of work that you will show all together?
1: Yeah, uh, we have a... We have a final show um, that generally takes place in the spring. I don't know the exact dates, um, but look on finearts.uvic.ca and you'll be able to find uh, uh, when that is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will be the grad show. Like I said, I'm in my first year, so I won't be showing it this year. But uh, some really strong work. of uh, Some of my peers that'll that'll be graduating. And uh, And then there's one of our other peers who actually was was off last semester but he'll actually be postponing his showing until uh the fall and so i don't know when the dates for his are too but keep an eye out for that mm. um i yeah i i guess i'm really focused on right now just trying to figure out how i can make work that's cost efficient and yeah. that's always the struggle with art making and so uh you know the this piece that i'm working on now has been Financially a little bit cumbersome, and so I'm I'm definitely looking to figure out ways to pare some stuff down. So um, I'm actually quite interested in in doing a series that would involve uh, just writing some little poems about objects and maybe their relation to memories. And so maybe not writing from the standpoint of the objects, but, you know, kind of using the fragments of memories that that object played a part in. Mm-hmm. and and maybe making a little book and then showing those objects themselves uh, in the gallery space as ready-mates uh, without really altering them or doctoring them in any way. But I don't know. That's that's something I'm kind of playing with right now as, as a possibility.
0: Mm. Um, I guess it's kind of too early to ask you, but do you have plans for once you've finished your master's? Do you know what you want to go on to do?
1: I definitely love teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh And I love, you know, kind of feeding into people and making, you know, giving people resources. And so uh, I could definitely see myself in, you know, in a a sessional professorship or something like that. That would be fantastic. Um, My wife is in the same situation. She definitely wants to teach as well. So it'll kind of be up to wherever we 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 end up getting jobs but that's definitely something that's an interest um and then uh i, I i'm very interested as well in like broadcasting media mm. as well in podcasting and and that kind of thing so um who knows what role that might play that may just be a hobby or something but it may be a bigger a bigger role so i don't know <laughs> we'll see I uh,
0: we are pretty much out of time i want to say thank you so much for for sure
1: up. yeah thanks for having me all right yeah i appreciate it
0: Thanks for listening to Beyond the Jargon. If you want to listen again, go to our website, cfuv.uvic.ca, and click on the Listen tab.